to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey, girl, hey, and welcome to This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Bender. That was yeah, fun. You're Julie Bender. First time, isn't it? I know. It's so fun and weird. I, I delivered it strongly, though, I feel like. Yeah, with passion and conviction. <laughs> you're all in, Julie Graham. And Oh! <laughs> See? It's going to take us a while, guys. It's gonna, okay, Julie Graham Bender. Julie Bender. I just transitioned. Julie Grender. No, that doesn't irk. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Darlie Brock, who obviously is going to have a really hard time learning her name all over again. Well, I mean, I thought since, you know, I'm now remarried again and back in that whole world, it would be good to think back to our single days of two two married women. Yes. (laughs) Um, What's something you miss about being single as somebody who's been married? What is it? 412 years? 400 or 4,012. Yes. I think that's what it is. Um, I actually sometimes, oh, Dan, I'm sorry I'm saying this, but (laughs) I sometimes like just being by myself for a little bit. That's not wrong to say. It's I don't want him to feel badly. Oh my god, you're cute. Okay, because because you know because he loves being with you always, exa- always. That's cute, but yeah. I don't think it's just him. I think you just wish you were alone sometimes in general. <laughs> yeah, I like my alone time. But other than that, there's not really a lot I miss. That's funny. How about you? Now that you've been married, what a whole uh, week or whatever? A week, yeah. Um, well, I think. You know, I am a people person. I'm always around people. So I I would almost say the same thing. Like, very rarely am I ever by myself. Um, And so I think that sometimes I miss that. But of course, right now, I'm like total honeymoon phase. I love that I'm never alone between Lincoln and with Donnie. Um, But this is really weird. But I think the number one thing I miss is clean bathroom sinks. Because you know when you have a man around and they have a beard, they like just always trimming or shaving and there's just always little beard hairs. Oh, yeah. I actually find beard hairs throughout the house because my husband's beard's about four feet long. Um, (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was single, I remember a moment of like, oh my goodness, I'm not cleaning up hair all the time. So I'll miss that. Okay. But since you are married now, and I have been married for a long time, we still have a heart for single women. We still know the challenges that are there. So I'm really excited about the guest we brought in this week, Julie. Yep, we went on a hunt at Darlene's intention. She said, we need to find somebody new to bring on to talk about singleness because we just don't get to do that enough. And so we found Jessica Hutton. Now she's a licensed master social worker. She's a life coach and relationship educator. And she's just come out with a new book called Own Your Singleness. She helps women create a life that they love while unlearning toxic relationship behaviors and developing skills that will help them nurture stable, satisfying, and sustainable relationships that can last a lifetime. Jessica, we are so excited to have you today. So welcome to this Grit and Grace Life. Thank you for so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, we're here to talk about being single. And I know that today it seems like a lot of women struggle with that. 
struggle with being comfortable with it, struggle being with being happy with it. Um, they feel inadequate. They're looking for a relationship. They're looking for something different in their life. But I know that you say you don't have to have something different. You can thrive exactly where you are. But it's not just your education. It's your experience that brings you to this. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to this this thing that you do. Absolutely. So I have this long relationship history. I started dating when I was not supposed to at like 14 years old. <laughs> and um, so I just have this long relationship history and I've been in multiple relationships. Most people today would call it a situationship. And then I finally got to a place about three years ago where I was just super frustrated with um, my relationship status. I was single and I wanted to get married but I, I found myself being upset because I wasn't married. And that was something that I really, I did not like that idea at all. And so I looked into how do I prepare for marriage? And I know that probably wasn't the right angle since I didn't want to be frustrated since I wasn't. But that's the path I took because I thought that would be where I would find the answers. And what I found is there are so many women out there who were discouraged and sad and depressed about being single. And that triggered me. I was like, there has got to be a better way to deal with this issue than helping single women prepare for marriage, like making that their primary focus. And so it became a passion of mine, which brought me here today. You're so right. It does seem like a lot of the content that is marketed to single women is, you know, you're single, that's okay. We'll get you ready to be married. Instead of, it seems like what your work is, is helping women embrace their singleness, not just endure it, but see it as an opportunity and as a season with value in its own. And so on this episode, we really want to kind of have the listener take away the message that a strong woman doesn't need a man to find her value or purpose. She can actually thrive in her singleness. And I know that you've done a ton of research um, to support these truths that you really want women to embrace and find in their own life. And so let's start with this kind of first question. What do you think the main reason women struggle with singleness is? Is it a cultural thing? Is it is it media sending the message that you need a man to have value? In your research and experience, what do you think the main reasons women struggle with singleness are? So I think that they struggle with being single because they think of it as a period to get through rather than live through. And so there's this idea that the purpose of your singleness is to prepare to become a wife because there, that place called their marriage is where we think that life begins. And I really believe that while it is important to prepare for marriage while you're single, that should not be your primary focus. Um, regarding the influence of social media, I think that culture and social media definitely influences the life satisfaction and well-being of single people. And I think that is because most of the time, single women especially are looking at the lives of married couples. And that is the life that they desire. And unfortunately, if they haven't dealt with their personal triggers about being single, then they find themselves comparing their lives with the wives out there and with the married couples. And they resent their singleness, which causes them to feel like it's something they need to get out of as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that if you own your singleness, then you can create the life that you want right now, and that will increase your capacity to have a good life and a loving marriage. 
when you do finally get married. Love that. Speaking of Own Your Singleness, the book that you wrote, there's something that you put in there, identifying your unique single lady typology. What is the single lady typology? Explain this to us, Jessica. So the single lady typology is based on my research. Now I did, I used several mediums to conduct my research, but one of those tools I used was YouTube. And what I found is when I looked at a whole bunch of comments from single women on different videos about marriage and singleness, they were so vulnerable and they shared so much of their pain about their longing for a spouse. And a lot of it resonated with me, but what I found is the way that each person dealt with that longing was very different. And so I noticed there was a distinct pattern of behavior with women who struggle with their singleness and their struggles manifest in several ways. And that's where I got the idea of the single lady typologies. So there are six typologies. There's the proactive single lady, the passive single lady, the pissed single lady, (laughs) the promiscuous single lady, the preoccupied single lady, and the permanent single lady. I love that, Jessica. And I can envision every single one of those. I think you nailed it. (laughs) And you know, the interesting thing is when I started Own Your Singleness, all of that I saw myself because I had been all of those ladies. And then as I dug deeper into my research, I realized these women exist. And what the connection is, I found out as I was writing that a lot of this is attached to adult attachment style. Interesting. Um, So before I get into that, I should probably explain what the single ladies are. So we have the proactive single lady and she's pretty much what she sounds like. She's single and ready to mingle. (laughs) That was me. That was Julie. That's been, I've seen Julie. Absolutely that. Yeah. She's, she's unafraid to put herself out there in real life or online. She is available and she will let everyone know. And then we have the passive single lady. And I see this person a lot in the Christian church. This is the one who's waiting and praying and trusting God to bring her ideal mate. This is the one who doesn't think that women should approach men. And the one who's just, she's receptive to being asked out on a date, but she's not going to let anyone know she's available. Mm-hmm. She kind of wants you to figure it out. She wants to be pursued. Mm-hmm. And then we have the pissed single lady. She's angry. She's tired. She's sick and tired of being tired. She's dated a lot. She's had a lot of disappointments in her relationships and she's just frustrated. And the funny thing is she wants to be in a relationship, but she doesn't trust men. She doesn't want to deal with dating. She just doesn't want to deal with anyone. So she's in this weird place. Like how do I find love when I don't necessarily believe in love anymore? And then we have the promiscuous lady and she's interesting because there are a couple reasons that she could be promiscuous. What I know is from research is that this person can display symptoms of promiscuous behavior because she's experienced sexual abuse or trauma in her youth, her childhood, and that can manifest as a way to um, sort of gain a sense of control in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of the promiscuous single lady, she could be sort of a derivative of the pissed single lady. She's tired and she wants to own it. And so no one's gonna tell her what to do with her body and she's gonna sleep with whomever, but it also helps her keep her boundaries. At least that's what she thinks. If I use my body in a sexually expressive way, I'm not gonna get close to anyone. Yeah. 
And then we have the preoccupied lady. She is busy. She's focused on work. She's raising her children. She's trying to get out of debt. She's trying to establish a career. This woman is, you know, she's got one focus. And a man to her would be a distraction unless he appeared to be an asset, unless he had a vision, unless he could demonstrate how he's going to contribute to her life and anyone that she's responsible for. And then finally, we have the permanent single lady. And she's not exactly what she sounds like. She's more like a woman who's um, arrived at the decision to be single. Um, she may be single because of circumstance. She might be an elderly woman. Her spouse has passed. And now she just you know, concludes that that's it. She's not going to get married anymore. She could also be a woman who has um, a history of dating other women. And so she may not have a romantic or sexual desire for males, even though she has decided to stop dating and being in relationships with women. So she just decided she's going to be single. And then finally, we have the woman who is committed. She's a devout she might be a devout believer or because of her values, she thinks she would be better off single and that um, she wouldn't be able to contribute very much to a marriage. So she chooses to be single um, for a lifetime or for long term. But the thing I want people to know is that none of these are your identity. It's just a demonstration of your motivations, your beliefs, your thoughts. And that's what people need to recognize. I think I saw on your website, don't you have a quiz for women to take to figure out what type they might be currently operating in? Absolutely. Awesome. And I'm sure you unpack more of each of those different typologies in your book. Absolutely. It's the first section of the book. It explains each typology in depth and it covers the attachment styles in depth because it's very much connected. Cool. So say they take the quiz, they kind of identify even by reading your book who they are. What do they do? How do they learn to thrive no matter what their typology is? How do they learn to thrive now where they are and find contentment? Should I use that word? Or just growth? Where do they start to go? I'm turning this corner. I'm not going to be just looking for the future relationship. I'm going to figure out how to be really great where I am today. So in my book, I talk about this idea called active contentment. And I, I was so excited because I thought I came up with it, but then I Googled it and I found out somebody else did it a long time ago. <laughs> we'll oh, give it Google. to you, Jessica. <laughs> That's awesome. But basically active contentment is the ability to be completely at peace with who you are and what you're doing in the moment while simultaneously maintaining a vision for your future. So it helps you recognize the purpose of the season of life that you're in, which then enables you to determine what it's gonna take for you to get where you wanna be. And so I think that is very important for single women to learn active contentment because it helps you not only to be aware of the purpose of your present, but it also helps you to appreciate it as, as well. And then with that, you can have a healthy sense of hope and expectation about your future and make moves that will allow you to achieve that vision without, you know, sort of neglecting your present. And so I think that if you want to thrive in your singleness, you must live in the present. You don't have a choice. So one of the other patterns that I identified in my research was that single people who focus more on living well right now 
and less on getting married seem to meet their future spouse in unexpected ways at the right season of their life. And what I found is the reason that they were able to do that is because they were practicing active contentment. And I think that's because when you live well in your present, you tend to walk in your purpose, which then positions you for great opportunities, which may include marriage. I just think that a lot of single people miss that. They don't recognize that when they neglect their present, they're inadvertently starting sowing seeds into a future that they don't want. So basically I'm saying when women don't own their singleness, they keep themselves single. Women who walk in their purpose, women who own their identity, women who put themselves out there, women who just work and live, they are the ones who are exposed to the very people that they want to see them. And that's how you get partnered up with someone. That's how you end up in opportunities that you desire. And it's not just marriage, because I, I don't want to focus just on that. Mm-hmm. But it purpose positions you for opportunity. And I think active contentment positions you for purpose. You know, Jessica, I'm one of those odd people today that have been married for a long time mm-hmm. um, to the same man. Okay. I like when you put that in there. It's well, it's so true. Funny. It you is know? true. It's just yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that has worked for my husband and I is we are independently dependent people. Mm-hmm. And I think we discovered early in life before we were, were together who we were and who we wanted individually to be. And I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And as you're saying as well, that's not just for marriage, that's for success in anything in life. Whether you pursue a career or you wanna travel or you're adopting children, even as a single parent, you don't, you know, I have friends who have done that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that it is really important to find your purpose and self-worth apart from anyone else. Absolutely, and I love that you said that because It just makes me think, there's this thought I have all the time, happy, healthy, prosperous individuals become happy, healthy, and prosperous spouses. Mm -hmm. And I just truly believe, like I said earlier, who you are and how you live now impacts your life. I know this from experience, of course I'm not married, but you know, from my relationship history and the last long-term relationship that I had, I learned to live well now at that point because I realized how not living well was interfering with me having a healthy relationship. And I think that people don't make the connection between now and later. Mm -hmm. Every day we're sowing seeds into later. And so if we recognize that we have a say in how our future unfolds, you know, to an extent, then that would help us be more present and be more content and be more intentional, which is something I think is super important. We must be intentional. Well, I have a question I want to throw in here. So this is my first week being remarried. Yay. Um, So, but literally last week I was a single mom. I mean, I was engaged, whatever. There will be some who say you weren't a single mom, but you know what I'm saying? Do you think the message is different or is there a tailored message you would give to a single mom? No, I wouldn't give a different message. This is what I would say. The only difference is that single moms, they need to be, um, single moms must include their children in their vision. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a responsibility to date strategically. I'm a single mom. 
and we need to consider the implications of blending our family with someone else's. That's going to look different for somebody with an older kid like me. My son is an adult now <laughs> versus someone who has a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. It's going to be a completely different. However, you need to we need to be mindful of what it will be like to join our family with someone who has children as well or someone who doesn't because there's an adjustment period that we go through and we definitely want to make sure our families merge successfully but other than that i think that single moms also need to recognize that they are women with their own needs and desires and that they're just like singleness is a season of life so is raising a child and while mothering is a lifetime calling, I truly believe that raising a child is seasonal, which is why single moms need to be mindful of their own needs and desires. And they also need to live intentionally. And they also need to have um, a vision for their future, but they also need to practice self-care and focus on doing all the things that will enable them to have good life satisfaction and well-being. So you're saying it does not matter where we are in whether we have children, don't have children, been single a long time, or fresh out of college, we simply have to find the contentment in ourselves. I truly believe that. And I think the key here is intentionality, because I find that whether you're single or in a relationship, if you're dealing with children, or, or I think you even said something about this earlier, your the the outcomes you're going to achieve are based on what you put into something and so if you want to have a good life alone or with someone you must be intentional every single day is full of decisions that you have to make and so if you're intentional about being a good partner or being a good person, then you're gonna be intentional about being a good spouse or being a good mother. And so there is no difference for me. I think that all of us have a responsibility to live intentionally, to be content, because it will impact every area of our life. I saw something on your Instagram as I was checking you out. You were talking about um, bitter Christian women, and my, you know, my sensors just perked up. You know, I, I do my life in the Christian world and Christian circles, and um, I, you know, that really stood out to me because I do have a lot of single Christian friends, and I'm just wondering, you know, are there specific mistakes that you see Christian singles making, um, and and ways that you would want to kind of direct them that maybe are a little more specific? You know, I think that when single Christian women are bitter, it's because they blame God for putting them in this position or for leaving them in a position of singleness. Um, and I feel like a lot of the reason that single Christian women are bitter is because they refuse to take responsibility and accountability for their lives. They kind of remind me of um, Naomi from the book of Ruth. Mm -hmm. She blamed God for all her tragedies that unfolded in her life. And I have a blog where I talk about this in detail, but I think the primary issue with Christian women who are bitter is they are so focused on things they can't control. Like for example, when they'll get married and to some extent who you marry. I mean, you can choose who you marry, you know, if, they, if they're on board with you, but <laughs> when is the thing that gets women bitter. They're so focused on when and they don't know how or when and they can't control those factors. So it makes them angry. And since you can't control when, the only person you can think to blame is God, because if he knows, why isn't he doing anything about it? 
And so I think that by focusing on those sort of things, the things that they can't control, they miss the opportunities that are available now. But then I think the other thing is women, Christian women in particular, become bitter because they adopt the identity of being single. Mm -hmm. Everything about their life is wrapped around being single. So they have like a Bridget Jones syndrome (laughs) where it's like (laughs) their whole life. Yeah. And it's, you know, if anyone's seen Bridget Jones, everything was about being single. So she adopted the lens of a single woman so that experiences that should have been enjoyable were no longer enjoyable. They became annoying and upsetting. You know, you don't want to go to Christmas dinner because someone's going to ask you about why you're still single. You don't want to, you know, there's so many things that go into that. There's another side to this that we get so many people searching on our website for, so many women who say, I am in a long-term relationship and it's not going anywhere. We're not getting married. He's not making that commitment. And they realize that they're kind of at probably a dead end in their relationship. And you say, you know, you've had relationships you've had to move on from and then become this thriving single. How do you make that jump? How do these women say, all right, I need to move on, but what do I look like when I get there? Who who am I when I get there? You know, um, I really believe that the key to letting go, and I this so many people might struggle with this, but I know for me, I had to decide to let go. The main thing that kept me in my relationship, besides the fact that I actually did love my partner and we did have a good relationship, what kept me there is fear of what was ahead, mostly thinking that I wouldn't find someone else or I wouldn't be happy or I would be stuck in this single state that I didn't want to be in. But then it was also like the the fear of dealing with the pain associated with that loss, the loss of the person and then the loss of the future that you envisioned having with that person. So I really believe with conviction, having been here, that you just have to decide to let go and then decide to deal with the pain. If you're struggling emotionally and mentally, then I think at some point you have to either sit in that, go seek therapy, whatever resources that you have to depend on, pray, meditate, whatever it takes so that you can get through that moment. If you wanna get through something, (laughs) then I would say get through the pain, the heartache of um, loss. Um, but I also know that if you stay in that relationship, you are creating a future that you don't want. You've already got years to prove that this is not taking you anywhere. You already have enough evidence. And the thing about it is we want to convince ourselves that it will eventually pay off. This relationship will pay off. I keep investing my time, my love. He's going to get it and it's gonna pay off. I talk about that a little bit in my book, and of course, I can't remember what it's called right now, but sunken. <laughs> sunk cost, that's what I was just thinking. It's the sunk yes. cost. Yes. We're it's so afraid of what we've already invested. We don't wanna give that up, so we just keep investing more. We're throwing bad money at bad money. Yes, yes, exactly. And that is, it's a fallacy. You will ruin your life with that sunk cost mindset. I've seen women in relationships for 25 years with a man that didn't marry, and I'm like, sis, Seriously? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then the, the saddest part is their hearts are broken. In this scenario, the woman that I know was with the man for 25 years, he died and left her nothing. Mm. They had children together. And so it's like, oh. you're, it doesn't pay off. It does not pay off. Your heart's going to be broken. Mm. It, there's so many losses attached to it. But so I think you really have to decide to move on. I love that you said it's a decision, but then there's you know, recognizing the fact that there will be pain, because I think some people would just give the message of you just have to decide to do it, you know, bootstrap it. But you're right, there will be pain with that. And that's going to require some work. But Mm -hmm. you'll be better on the other side of it, you got to rip that bandaid off. And honestly, it would it's better to deal with the pain now. And then a year from then, you know, feel like I actually made it through. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I made that decision versus continuing another year, which becomes another year and and you're trapped. Well, and I wouldn't want any listener out there to think if they did it, it wouldn't be painful or they could diminish the painful pain or that those who are walking alongside someone who's making this difficult decision, expect them to snap out of it right away or to go, oh good, I'm rid of that person, I'm finally moving on, because that's not it. And if we're walking through that with someone, we should love them, we should hold them, we should grieve with them, we should let them cry, let them be angry, let them regret, let them, whatever they need to go through emotionally, you know, let's, let's walk with them through it, because it's a reality. It's something that is real in today's world, and to get women to where they go, okay, now I'm ready to thrive. Now I'm ready to embrace who I am and what I can be today. Let's help them get to that place so they can do that. Absolutely. Well, I think um, our friends would benefit from maybe getting to know you a little better, definitely picking up your book, maybe checking out the quiz on your site. Can you let them know how can friends um, be more connected to you? Your site, your book, your book, your podcast, give us all the things. So my website is liveandloveenriched.com and that'll link you to everything that's out there, my Instagram profile, my podcast, even Facebook, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at liveandloveenriched and um, the book is, the full title is Own Your Singleness, How to Live Well and Thrive While You're Single, so you can love well and thrive in your future marriage and that's available on Amazon. Awesome. Don't you also offer coaching, Jessica? I think I remembered seeing that. Don't you work with women, whether they're on that side of learning to enjoy their singleness, or maybe they are, you know, wanting to be more proactive in moving toward being ready for a partner? Did I see that as well? Yes, ma'am. I am a life coach for single women, and I actually offer coaching for couples as well. Awesome. You know, Jessica, I am so delighted that I actually stumbled across your information somewhere and I went to Julie. We have been looking for a woman who really well speaks to our single women who are dealing with so many challenges. And I'm so glad that you joined us today and I love what you said. And I think that this podcast will actually encourage those women that they can indeed thrive now. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I, you know what? I really believe that women can indeed thrive and that they will love themselves for it. Mm. They'll love other people better for it. Mm. 
That's awesome. Love that. Well, I'll make sure to put into the show notes the links so that if you're driving or you're, you know, on the elliptical, you are not having to remember exactly what that was. So be sure to check out the show notes to get connected with Jessica. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, despite our technical difficulties and all the things we've loved getting to know you and loving hearing your heart on how our friends can thrive. Thank you. I had fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I tuned to Jessica's Instagram to pull a quote to end this show, and I love that she featured this on her page. If you're not happy being single, then you'll never be happy in a relationship. Get your own life first, then share it. It's time to own your singleness in your grit and grace life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Whether you're listening in Apple, Spotify, or streaming somewhere else, be sure to subscribe and review so you never miss an upcoming episode. You can also share this episode with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us, or share us in your social media and tag us. Every week, we share all the details of what we discussed at our website, gritandgracelife.com. We'll catch you on the next one.